Okay. How y'all doing tonight? Okay, well, if you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, that's where we're going to start out tonight. And then we're going to end up in uh, Philippians chapter 2, but that's just a few pages over. But, uh, but we're going to start out here in Ephesians chapter 2. All right. Vision chapter 2, verse 10. We are, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this evening. We ask Your blessings upon this message. Father, I know that these folks are here to hear from You tonight, and so I pray that You'll speak through Your Word. Father, help me with my clarity of thought. Clarity of speech tonight. And Father, we're going to give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you for standing. You may be seated. Tonight's uh, title for the message is this. God's, uh, God's uh, game plan for a winning Christian life. God's game plan for a winning Christian life. When uh, I was living in Alaska... I was introduced to the game of soccer, and I was hooked. I mean, it involved running, and I really enjoyed running. And besides running, you also got to kick something <laughs> while you were in the game. And when we moved from Alaska to uh, Texas, the uh, North Texas uh, schools were starting up a soccer program. And so uh, I signed up, and uh, I lettered in it. Now, I enjoyed the game because I knew the position, my position, and I knew and understood how the game was played, and I knew uh, what my actions, uh, with my actions, and how it contributed to the ultimate goal in this game was to win. And so it made, made the game a whole lot more enjoyable, okay, for me to play and I just fell in love with it. And so, tonight we're going to be looking at, at the game plan for a winning Christian life, and one of the most uh, wonderful things about being a Christian is the knowledge that God has a game plan for our lives. And He does. He has a game plan for every one of our lives. And it's unique to each one of us. Okay? It is. It is. Verse 10 here again says, We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So I looked up this word uh, workmanship here. And it's translated from the Greek word, and I'm not even going to try to come close to trying to pronounce it, okay? But I'll spell it, P-O-I-E-M-A. Besides, I know what all the looks are given to me when I try to pronounce them in my class, okay? And bring things up. So... Uh, so, but it means, it means this, <laughs> that which is made, that which is made, a manufactured product. So that means that every one of us out here that are born again and know Jesus Christ is our Savior, we are God's work of art. We are masterpieces, okay? We are masterpieces. We're God's uh, work of art. You might be looking at your neighbor. Don't look at your neighbor, okay? <laughs> you know? 
Uh, but I tell you what, seriously, seriously, think about it. We are God's workmanship. He's made us. And I tell you what, I don't know about your God, but my God makes no junk. Everything He does is perfect. Everything He does is perfect. So we are His workmanship. We are masterpieces. Uh, we are His work of art. And God has a perfect game plan for our lives as Christians, and it's much more enjoyable when we know and understand what God's will and purpose is for our life, isn't it? So what is God's uh, uh, game plan for our Christian life? A winning Christian life, okay? And that's the key right here, a winning Christian life. Well, it begins with a grace plan, <laughs> okay? A grace plan. Look in verse number 4 here. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us to, together when Christ, with Christ, by grace we are saved. Ye are saved. And look in verse 8 here. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So our Christian life, a winning Christian life, begins with the grace plan. Hey, it begins when we're saved. When we get saved and we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. So, so to have, be on uh, 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 the Christian life, you want to be on the winning side, don't you? Okay? So, so to have a winning Christian life, you want to be on the winning Christian side because I tell you what, at the beginning of this chapter, we were on the losing side. It describes the losing side here. Hey, first off, we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins. Verse number 1, And you have He quickened who who were dead in trespasses and sins. And then secondly, we were enslaved, um, I mean, excuse me, we were rebels against Him. In verse number 2, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we were rebels against Him. And then thirdly here, in verse number 3, we were enslaved by the devil in, our, in, in uh, our sinful nature. Verse 3, "...among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, uh, of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." But I love these next two words in verse number 4. "...but God." <laughs> but God. Hey, we were dead in our sins, but God. Hey, we were rebels against Him, but God. Hey, we were enslaved by the devil in our sinful nature, but God. But God. Look what it says here in verse 4 again. But God in His rich and mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. <laughs> he loved us. So, it begins with the grace plan, doesn't it? And look at it here, this, this uh, being on, uh, on the winning team here, on God's team, a Christian life here. If we notice here that it's nothing that we can do to get on this team. Most of the time you've got to display your skills and you've got to show some aptitude you know, to be uh, you know, uh, uh, play on a, on a team, don't you? Uh, to play football, you've got to know how to at least pass, okay? And to play baseball, you at least got to know how to hit the ball and, uh, and go out there and, and field it and catch it. And in soccer, all you got to do is just kick it. <laughs> and run up and down the field, back and forth, and just kick it, you know. 
Well, there is a lot more to it. There is, hey, listen, when you watch, watch soccer, it's probably the most boring game you ever watch, isn't it? And you only see maybe one, maybe two scores, or maybe no scores at all. But there's a lot going on out there in the field. There really is, okay? There really is. And, uh, and, I, and I'm telling you this here. I tell you what, there's nothing that we can do to be on God's team because God does it all for us. He does it all. We don't have to do anything to be on the winning team. Uh, on God's team, to have a winning Christian life here. Because it says here in verse number 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nothing we do, it's all what He does for our life. When we're saved. When we're saved. Secondly here, in the second part of this grace plan, is knowing who we really are. (laughs) Knowing who we really are. <clears throat> and and really and and knowing our position in front of a holy and mighty God, and who we really are is simply sinners saved by grace. <laughs> That's what we are: is sinners saved by grace. You know, the Apostle Paul in his writings made many uh, statements about who he was in his Christian life. <clears throat> he said he was a saint, yet he also claimed to be the chief of sinners. He called himself both a wretched man in Romans chapter 7 and verse 24 and a new creature in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Was Paul confused about who he really was? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Paul understood he was all of these things. He was a sinner. He was a saint. He was a wretched man. He was a new creature. And God uh, accepted him absolutely how he was in his walk, in his Christian walk. And God's response to a wickedness is grace. And how he's responded uh, 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 when he was made a new creature was grace. And aren't you glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad God accepts us just as we are? Just as we are when we come to him. He accepts us just as we are. You know, I'll never forget the day I was saved when I came to Him as a wretched sinner. And, and by His grace, He saved my soul and made me a new creature and then made me a part of His family, which made me a saint. And every one of you out here are saints, aren't <laughs> Yeah, we're part of a royal family. Hey, we're part of the King of kings and Lord of lords in His family. And so we're all saints out here. <clears throat> And it's all because of God's amazing grace. But His grace doesn't stop there. (laughs) His grace is unlimited and available even after we are saved. And when we mess up and fall and sin, He's there to forgive us. I've got to get rid of this. It's sticking to my hand. (laughs) He's there to pick us up when we fall. And sin. He's there to forgive us when we come to Him and confess our sins. First John 1 9 tells us this if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Why? Because God's desire after we're saved is to have a relationship with Him. And for that relationship to show up on the outside, in our behavior. In our behavior. He calls us to live differently after, we're sal- after our salvation, doesn't He? 
And it's not our work uh, for Him. It's all about His work in us. His work in us. Verse number 10 again. We are His workmanship, created in Jesus Christ under good works. It's a matter of total surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 tells us this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. (laughs) Simply put, the grace plan is our response to God's grace, His saving grace, and His unlimited grace. That's the grace plan. Secondly, the victory plan. The victory plan. So turn over here to Philippians chapter 2. Just a few pages over, Philippians chapter 2. Let's begin reading here in verse number 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. Wherefore, my brethren, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his, great, of his good pleasure. Here in Philippians chapter 2, Paul is addressing unity in the church, in, the, in, uh, in Philippi. Uh, evidently, they were having some problems with it. Uh, they weren't getting along. They weren't getting along. And so, so Paul begins by telling them here in verse number 2 here, and that, uh, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. What mind is that? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And, and, and that's the key to being unified in a church, is for all of us to have, have the mind of Christ and have the same goal that Christ has for us in our life. And that's the unity that we can have here in, in, this, in, our, in our church. And our pastor is always reminding us, okay, about the unity and how important it is for us in the church. And I tell you what, if you we're going to have a winning Christian life, uh, we're going to have to get along, aren't we? Yeah. Well, yeah, duh, it's a no-brainer, you know. We're going to have to get along. Hey, we're going to be getting along here on earth and then forever in heaven, okay? We're going to be together forever. And so it's good that we get along. And so why don't we get along here on earth and have this unity that we're supposed to have? And, and Paul is addressing them here, and he say, begins with telling them, hey, we need, you need to have the mind of Christ here, okay? You need to get together. And then, then he tells them here in our text here, in verse number uh, 12, uh, he tells them, uh, that uh, to work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Now, Paul's not telling them to work for their salvation. <laughs> That's not what he's saying here. Because Paul is writing to those who are already saints. They're already saved here in uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. And, and in Ephesians, he tells us in, in, uh, in verse 9 of chapter 2 here, Paul said that it's not of our works. It's not of our works. 
I looked up uh, the word, uh, uh, the word here, right here, uh, work out. It's a verb. And it carries the meaning of work to full completion. Work to full completion. You see, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, it's for eternity. It's for eternity. Christ completed the work of salvation when He died on the cross and shed His uh, blood to cover our sins. Then was buried for three days and nights, but uh, the grave couldn't hold Him. And uh, He rose again, and now He sits in heaven at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us and welcoming all who call upon His name. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But after we are saved, Christ then begins a work in us that goes on in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, until we die or rapture, whichever comes first. Until the completion in our Christian walk. He continually uh, is working in our life to make us like who? Like Him, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's a continuous work uh, in our lives. And that's what Paul is telling them here. He said, you need to continue to have a Christ-like mind and work to be like Him. And then you're going to have the right unity in the church. And you're going to all get along. Yeah? That's victory. That's a victorious Christian life. I love coming to church. (laughs) I love coming to church and being with my brothers and sisters. I just enjoy the fellowship. It does something for me. It does something for my Christian walk to come and have fellowship here with all you all of you here, I can't think of anyone in here that, that, that uh, I do not like. <laughs> and I, don't know, I don't know some of you more than I do others, but, but I can honestly stand up here with God as my witness. I don't have any in, anybody in my mind here that I don't know that I wouldn't get along with. And that ought to be the way it is. If we've got a crash like mine, we're going to get along. <laughs> hey, listen, there's going to be some, some uh, disagreements. There's going to be some uh, hurt feelings. There's going to be all this stuff that's going to come up and, and all in a church and, and, uh, because we are a family and those things happen in families and everything. But if we're Christ-like, we're going to work them out. Like Christ would work it out. And deal with our problems and issues in, our, in the church like Christ would work it out. But we got to be in unity. <laughs> we got to all be thinking the th- uh, same thing. We got to have a Christ-like mind. It gives us a victorious Christian life. It gives us a winning life. And it's a work only God can do in us. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, you try to you try to uh, get along with somebody that basically is does have any type of interest that you have the same interest or same thoughts or anything like that. The old flesh is going to take over, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's 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 real, yeah. But if Christ is controlling this flesh, 
and you're allowing Him to work through you, <laughs> then you can get along. We can get along. And that fellowship can be sweet. And then look at verse number 13 here. It says, For it is God which worketh in you to will and to do His good pleasure. The principle Paul uh, has laid down here is this. God must work in us before He can work through us. God has to work in us before He can work through us. And that work within us produces two things. To will and to do. The will is our inner desire, and to do is the ability to act and behave God's way. You see, any good, uh, good that takes place within us, or any good that flows from, from us, will be a direct result of God's grace working in our life. <clears throat> a self-dependent or a self-driven Christian life will be hard to live and fruitless, but a Chris, uh, uh, Christ-driven life will produce real fruit uh, to His glory. To His glory. You know, we are talking about God's game plan for a winning Christian life. And the worst thing that we can do in our Christian walk is to get off the grace path and onto the works path. Off the grace path and onto the works path. Why? Because we'll find ourselves worshiping good works more than worshiping Jesus Christ the source of good works. We'll try to please Him in self-effort rather than yield to Him in self-abandonment. And in doing so, our efforts will become self-dependent, not Jesus-dependent, self-glory, not God's glory, sinful, not holy, flesh, not faith, and all about me and not Jesus. So it's important that we stay on the grace path and let God do His work in us in us for His power and His plan for our life. In the, in the south part of our, our farm, the southern part of our farm, there's a path. And uh, it's a path that leads from our property over into the neighbor's property. And uh, I don't know how old this path is. But I, but I, uh, I followed my grandfather on this path, and then uh, I followed my father on this path, and then my sons, my children, have followed me on this path. And uh, just recently, I had some grand grandchildren follow my children on this path. <laughs> That's here in the south part of our farm. Now this path leads to a pretty productive, and fruitful area where you can find morels. Now, don't ask me where it's at. <laughs> I'll probably lead you on it, but, it, you know. <laughs> and this path, when we come out of the woods and are heading home, it's, it's, it's a safe path, it's a direct path, and it gets me home every time <laughs> on this path. Now, I have, uh, I have uh, hunted the woods and the timber area on this, each side of this path. 
it's, it's, it's really brushy, it's, it's, it's really grown up, and it hasn't been productive at all. It's never been productive on either side of this path. And I guess what I'm saying here in this illustration here is this. The grace path in our Christian walk is a fruitful and productive path also. It's a fruitful and productive path. So, the grace plan. <laughs> the victory plan. And now the living plan. The living plan. <clears throat> what uh, begins with a question here. Are you living for Christ? Or are you living in Christ? Uh, there, is a, there is a difference. One is performance-driven plan, and uh, one is a spirit-led plan. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28 tells us this, For in Him we live, and more, and have our being, <clears throat> as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. And in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, it tells us this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. <clears throat> in these two verses here and many more, Paul is teaching us this, a winning Christian life is in Jesus. It's letting Jesus live through us. It's all about His work, His glory. It's knowing how weak and broken we are and casting all our cares and weakness upon the grace of God. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 tell, uh, tells us this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's yielding and surrendering to, surrendering to Jesus Christ, realizing His Holy Spirit will transform us if we submit to Him. So our life it ought to be a life where He's living in us and working in us. It's a factual result of faith and, and surrender, living in Jesus. So in summary, hey, we're almost to the end. <laughs> hey, in the big picture of living a winning Christian life, it breaks down to these three simple things. Number one, love Jesus. The grace plan. Hey, He first loved us, didn't He? <laughs> Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 says this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the greatest thing we can do as a Christian is to love Jesus. You know, remember when Paul, I mean, excuse me, remember when Peter, when Peter denied uh, uh, our Savior and forsook Him uh, during the crucifixion, and then after uh, Christ's uh, resurrection, he went out and he gathered all his apostles together, and, or disciples, and uh, he gathered them together and prepared lunch for them on the shore. And then he looked right straight at, at uh, Peter and said, uh, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's response was, yes. <laughs> and then again he repeated it, Peter, do you love me? And of course, Peter responded, yes. And then he said it the third time, Peter, do you love me? And that finally broke Peter. 
Yes, Lord, I love you. You know, Jesus didn't judge Peter, and He didn't bring the hammer down on Peter. He just simply asked about His love for him. That's our Savior. That's our Jesus. That's how much He loves us. And it's the same uh, way with us. Any breakdown in our walk with Jesus is a breakdown in love. But I'm so glad He's there to pick us up when we fall because the grace of God produces a greater love for Him which motivates us to repent uh, when we sin. It compels us and constrains us to grow in grace and holiness by His power and not our own power. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 tells us this, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that one died for all, then we're all dead. A real Christian life is not a have-to life, but it's a want-to life because of our love for Him. It should be. <laughs> it should be for all of us. Loving Jesus is the first and foremost value in God's game plan for our life. And then secondly, walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus, the victory plan. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 tells us this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The more we walk with Him and love Him, the more we will yield to His grace and His goodness. Our hearts will change, our love will grow, and our behavior will follow. And then thirdly, and lastly, depend upon Jesus. The, love, uh, the living plan. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 tells us this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is a work in us that we cannot do. <laughs> we can't do this work. <laughs> and if we try, we're just going to totally mess it up. We are. We are. But the good news is, and Jesus is ready to do that work. <laughs> if we only just yield and allow Him to work in our life. The only thing we have to do is to yield and present ourselves to Him. And when we do that, He renews our minds, He changes our hearts, and transforms our lives to be just like Him. Christ-like. Christ-like. That's the ultimate goal in a winning Christian life, <laughs> is to be Christ-like, isn't it? So in conclusion, keep loving Jesus, keep walking with Jesus, and keep depending on Jesus. Let Him do His work and work His game plan in your life. It goes back to where we started at here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in them. <laughs> and I've got it written in the margin of our Bible here on that, walking with Him, stay on the path. <laughs> <clears throat> the one He has for you. Because He has a path for you. And, all we, and he's given us all the knowledge we need right here. 
to know what that path is for our lives. <laughs> for our lives. To live a winning Christian life. It's a personal thing between God and us. <laughs> and directing us and leading us. And when we're in that path and allow Him to work and to lead us, and we're all on, this, on, that, on that path, and it's the same path, but it's personal for each one of us. To be like Christ. <laughs> to be like Christ. Father, just thank You for Your Word and just help us, Lord, to love You more and to stay close to You and help us, Lord, to stay on the path that You have for each and every one of our lives so that we can be a, live this winning Christian life. Father, this world... The lost out here needs to see a Christian living a victorious life. And so, Father, I just pray that you'll help us. And, Father, thank you again for your love and your mercy and your grace that you show us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.